you want to have an impact. You want to make a difference because that's who you are. And I think one of the biggest things that I want you to understand about the current situation you're dealing with is that it's probably not complicated. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that, and it's going to change everything for you. That's what this show is about. Let's go. Hey, welcome to episode one of the podcast, It's Not Complicated, where I'm going to help you see and identify complexity in your organization and create a blueprint to activate change. I'm your host, Chris Nebro, and I'm the head of organizational design at Intentional Futures. And for people that don't know me, I've had a 20-year career that's blended three areas that I have passion around. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, culture building and change, and continuous improvement, and specifically lean thinking. I center these passions around the workplace and feel really called to help leaders create workplaces where people know who they are and what they do matters and makes a difference. And you know, you know, you can't matter without coming from a place of equity and inclusion. And you can't know like what you do makes a difference without designing for agility and continuous improvement to achieve the kind of performance and outcomes that you really intend. So I love being interdisciplinary because I love to learn. I love to grow. And that's attractive about working at Intentional Futures for me. We have such a rich history of research and learning from experts in the field and pioneering leaders innovating every day. So I've been in learning mode for the past year, just learning and learning, but it's hard to keep progressing just by learning itself. So I love sharing what I learned to help others achieve success and helping them create the results that inspire me. It's, it's addictive for me. So I want to share the things that inspire me so others will do what inspires them. And so many leaders like you have amazing callings to change the world and grow the people around you. And companies have incredible purposes to change people's lives in positive and impactful ways. And so I might not be a, a chief people officer or a chief operating officer, but my gifts are teaching people to see their systems and design and build the processes, the practices, the structures and strategies that I know they need to grow and amplify their culture and help them improve performance so they can extend and expand the reach of their leadership calling for their company purpose. And that's the work that I'm called to do, uh, is to be able to transform the workplace. And that's why I love working with executive leaders in particular, because of the influence that they have to change people's lives. So for this podcast, we did a lot of research that spanned over the course of a year and included interviews with close to 100 executive leaders. And one of the things that kept coming up as we were doing research this past year to prep for this launch were the ways leaders kept describing their challenges. They kept referring to their challenges as complicated or complex. You know, Chris, we're dealing with this and it's extremely complicated or, you know, we've got these goals and it's very complex. And we realized that we were, we were coming across leaders who were using these words, I, I'd say just interchangeably. Um, but from a systems theory perspective, which is where I come from, these actually describe two different situations. So. We started to introduce a quiz to see how leaders understood this difference. And I'm going to try it with you right now just to see how things go. So let's, let's do this. Imagine that you open up a wristwatch, right? So picture a wristwatch in your mind and you can see all the cogs in it. Now, now imagine or picture a car engine with all of the parts that are built into it. Okay. So let's talk about this. What kind of system would you say is a wristwatch? Would you say it's complicated? or complex. Okay. Now, how about a car engine? Would you say that that's a complicated or complex system? All right. Now, 
I want you to hold those thoughts because usually I have a picture of these and I ask folks those questions and they're in front of me and it gets a little awkward as they're trying to answer, but it's just you and I in a podcast. So let's try something different. Let me give you two more examples. Imagine stormy weather, okay? Now, I want you to picture something different. Picture freeway traffic. If you were in a helicopter, you can see it. You're looking down on it. Okay. Now, same question. As you picture that stormy weather, would you say that's an example of a complicated system or a complex one? Now, how about freeway traffic? Let's talk about that. Complicated or complex system? All right. So I've given you four examples. Let's talk about this for a second because most people have some level of confidence when we start asking these questions and then realize they get more and more unsure as we keep going. So let me circle back. The wristwatch, the car engine. These are what systems theorists would call a complicated system. These are cause-based or causal systems or cause-effect systems. They're linear. They have maybe many, many parts to them. Sometimes they're really complicated and you might need an expert to understand them, uh, but they can be predicted. They can be fixed. So if you take your watch or your car to a repair shop, they can run a diagnostic. They can do an analysis, maybe root cause or isolate the problem and usually come up with an action plan to fix the problem. This is really the world of assess, analyze and action plan. Okay. So I want you to think about that and think about how that relates to your organization. Now, Think about the weather. Think about freeway traffic. These are examples of complex systems. So weather, traffic, a six-year-old, they're complex because they're dispositional, meaning they have a general direction that they're going, but we can't be sure how they're going to develop or change. They have emergent properties to them, so we can't really change them the way we want. They're just not predictable. And so you have to understand that for complex systems, they cannot be fixed. They can only be managed to. So you have to continuously interact with them to learn how to adjust. And so it seems kind of ludicrous to say this, but no one can fix a garden, right? No one can fix the weather. It sounds almost dumb saying that out loud, but this world, these kind of systems, these kind of goals or challenges inside of your organization, this is the world of design, test, and adjust. So to totally different kinds of realms that are really under, important to understand. And understanding this distinction is at the heart of where we see things breaking down in organizations by and large. Uh, you know, in so many instances, we think what's happening in many organizations today is that leaders are approaching complex change and complex problems using complicated or causal tools and approaches. And it's setting them up for failure and it's frustrating to see it. So we were like, oh my gosh, like the team was looking at it. We're like, Really great leaders are creating unneeded challenges for themselves and the people that they're leading because of this. And we need to do something about it. So that's the foundation for this podcast. That's the work that we do. That's the foundation for our practice of organizational design and intentional futures. So that's, that's what we're going to explore. And so the next question that would come up is, so, okay, great. We're seeing this. How do we help leaders think and work differently? And so, well, one, one thing that we do is we help them distinguish a complicated situation. So a complicated goal, a project, a challenge from a complex one. So for example, installing a software system or implementing a training program or planning for new hires or constructing a new building. These are all examples of complicated challenges, constructing a budget, et cetera, complicated they're fixed, they're known, they've been done before, they have known roadmaps. Just many, many inputs require a lot of analysis. 
but scaling your business, boosting employee engagement, creating an inclusive culture, uh, increasing productivity, improving your agility, creating an incredible customer experience. These are complex challenges. You cannot use a complicated approach to these challenges with a lot of effectiveness. And yet that's what I'm seeing, right? So this assess, analyze, and action plan approach is only used because I think it's just what's taught, uh, but it's often the least effective way to actually influence change. And there's much more complexity today than there was before. I think about my career, which has spanned 23 years, and the amount of complexity and the frequency at which people are dealing with it today is much higher than before. So we've got this outdated way of thinking, this outdated way of being taught, and we're still using that um, with today's issues and problems. So identifying your challenge becoming um, complex or complicated is step one. Step two is having a framework and a methodology to navigate that complexity. And so I'll tell you a story. So one day I was working with a team uh, and we were going through uh, a lean and agile transformation. Uh, and the team was focused on improving their productivity for one of their processes. We were in this room, we were all circled around a system map, a system diagram. Uh, and, and two people were talking about the same process, but it had, uh, they, they had two totally different experiences with it. Uh, they used different terms to describe the same tools and they had different ways that they did the same process. And even though we were talking about the same thing, I think it sounded totally different. And everybody was super confused, including myself. And I was like, gosh, am I doing a bad job of facilitating? So we pointed a physically, my finger, you know, touched the steps on the diagram that we were talking about. And we added boxes and labeled them and added notes to highlight the relationships and drew arrows where things were breaking down. It was like, oh my gosh, it dawned on me that to help everyone stay connected and aligned on the challenge, we needed a model. We needed this visual model to keep coming back to that helped us visualize the change that we were after, right? And without it, we would have just kept spinning, uh, you know, and not probably included the right people and the right conversations working on probably the wrong things at some point. And and I would have thought I needed better communication or the team needed more accountability. Uh, but no, oh my gosh, they needed a visual model. And I started noticing how important this is with other complex relationships. Uh, so for example, you know, when I watch the weather forecast, you know, it doesn't help me to know, for example, like what the barometric pressure is outside or the level of humidity. I need to see like what the temperature is and if it's cloudy, is it rainy? Is it windy? Is it sunny? So when I watch a weather forecast on TV, uh, they don't display like reams of data and algorithms behind what they just did. They have these simple visuals that show how the clouds or rain are moving across the region. And to me, like that's helpful. I can actually like make sense of that. And I share that because it's interesting because we don't always do that inside of organizations. I don't know how many times I work with folks and they're really interested in getting a lot of data. It's almost as if, uh, you know, data trumps everything else. And, and data is good. Uh, but data only tells what and where. It can't really tell you why something is happening or how to proceed necessarily. So creating a model or a map is necessary, especially with something that's complex like weather or the complexity of the community or the culture or you know the growth in your organization. It gives a place to contextualize your data. You can put your data on a process map, for example, or a system diagram. Uh, so it's kind of like the weather forecast on maybe your iPhone, for example, if you have one that has the degrees and if it's going to be cloudy or rainy or windy. So it's all together and it helps you understand what's happening. And I know that sounds simplistic, but, you know, this past year we did a lot of research 
And one day started to see patterns that led us to three elements we found are critical to being successful with managing complexity. So ready, one, here we go. Models, not data. That's huge. Models, not data is the first thing we always say with complexity. Uh, those can be, for example, a business model. So I love the business model canvas, for example. It could be a strategy model. Uh, I'll introduce you to our five choices framework in another episode. It can be a culture map, which I'll introduce you to in, in two more episodes. It can be a system map, an ecosystem map. It can be a process or value stream map. It can be a driver diagram if you're trying to execute a long-term strategy, if you're trying to execute, you know, many tests and experiments. The point is you need to construct a visual model of the system you're interacting with. It has to be visual. Data are not enough. You need a visual model. So model over data for sure is the very first mantra that we say when it comes to complexity. Don't even try to get started without it. Two, so the other pattern that we saw that's effective in being able to navigate and lead through complexity, you have to continuously interact with your system. So models, not data is the first one. You have to construct a model of what it is that you're dealing with. And two, you have to continuously interact with your system. So you can't just make a model and then create an action plan. You know, that's, that's the old way of doing things. That's like creating, if you're in, in, in continuous improvement or lean, creating a value stream or process map and coming up with a bunch of issues. And then you come up with an action plan. That's like, um, you know, coming up with some kind of brainstorm in a strategy session and then coming up with your action plan. It's, it's, um, it's not strong enough with complexity. It's, it's doable to some extent. Um, you know, when you've got a complicated system that you're dealing with, but it's not okay with the complexity. You have to know instead how to set up experiments and learning cycles to test what changes will work for whom under what conditions. And these experiments have to be ongoing as you pivot and learn. So I want you to think about it for a second. If you're working on it, creating an amazing customer experience, it's not one and done, right? The same is true as if you're working on an inclusive workplace or going after growth in new markets. The conditions will keep changing on you. So you need to continuously interact so you can learn and adjust. So models are the first thing, then setting up structures to engage in ongoing learning cycles. It's the second thing to learn what will work for whom under what conditions. So that's really important. What changes will work with which customer segments under what conditions, what changes will work with which employee groups under what conditions, et cetera. So number one, models over data. Number two, you have to continuously interact with your system. And that means you need to continuously test and observe what's going on so that you can adjust. Sounds simple. Uh, it definitely takes a little bit of setting up and some structures. But we're going to talk about all of that in these upcoming episodes. Three, the third most important pattern that you need to understand with complexity if you're not doing it yet is we found that when you create these models and when you begin to test out ideas, it needs to be highly participatory. So you need to invite many stakeholders to engage in these actions with you. The idea is that you learn from each other about the system and you learn what kinds of things work for which communities or which markets or which customers or which employee groups and under what conditions. So if you think about that story I was telling you, it really required that we have a visual model and that everyone was talking about how things were currently working from their perspective and how things could work and who to include when they were going to try something new to see whether or not it was effective. So, you know, again, like I just remember this was a big aha for me years ago, years ago when I learned how to help organizations shift 
from doing large transformations, especially when we were running large lean and agile transformation, large transformations and running these big process and systems improvement efforts to helping them set up the architecture for daily improvement cycles. And it was about getting everyone every day to engage in small but meaningful changes that produce big results over time. And it built their resilience because they learned how to navigate constant change. In this podcast, I'm going to share how we help teams take this approach for culture change, for strategic initiatives and execution, for daily improvement and accountability, and for agile teams, et cetera. So the old way of using complicated thinking is not very effective given the rise of complexity that we're dealing with at work. Complicated management, cause-based management, whatever you want to call it, is all about assessment, analysis, and action planning. And it's useful for what it's useful for, right? Which are complicated problems. But you cannot improve employee engagement or increase the level of inclusion or undo inequities or change the customer's experience or drive new business growth with action plans because you can't plan those things. You can't fix those things. You can't possibly know what projects or initiatives would actually work ahead of time. And once you do find out, I mean, I mean, well, the conditions are going to change on you and you'll have to go back to the drawing board, which leaves people feeling like, you know, they aren't making progress or their work didn't matter or they're unsure about how to set direction. So it is important, though, I don't want to leave you hopeless that, yes, you can influence the performance of those things. Uh, and instead, you have to learn your way into what works for whom by designing in lots of structured experiments, lots of structured learning cycles. And be okay with constantly changing what you just tried to create incredible results uh, because the game just changed again, right? So with complexity, this is really important to understand because we had to learn this. There are no such thing as best standards, uh, best practices to standardize. So with complexity, there are no best practices to standardize. The only best practice are giving people the ability to create models, structure tests, and invite lots of participation in the process to learn and adjust in every single day, every single way, situation when it comes to complexity. So we need to change how we change. That's really the message of this whole thing. It just sounded too simple to start with that. So each episode, I'm gonna walk you through how to do it because otherwise it's one thing to say this, it's another thing to actually do it. So I'm gonna look at with you and share just what are the common ways that organizations approach culture change, for example, and help you change, you know, how you change with ways that account for complexity. Uh, we're going to look at common ways uh, and maybe complicated ways that organizations are approaching managing change and help you rethink how to navigate towards new results in the midst of constant disruptions. Uh, we're going to take a look at common ways that organizations approach creating strategy, you know, different types of strategy, your DE&I strategy, your growth strategy, your business strategy, and help you change how you design and test your strategy, which is really important. Uh, we're going to look at common ways that organizations approach executing that strategy. Even that word executing, it comes from a complicated base approach because you can't execute complexity, right? It doesn't make sense. I'm not going to go execute, um, you know, my plan with my six-year-old or, uh, you know, execute my plan with my garden. You know, you, you have to do a lot of nourishing. So different language, different way of thinking. So we're going to help you consider how to increase learning and accountability to move the needle on those important goals and more. So. I'm excited for the season and I'm excited to share what we've learned, how we've helped organizations. And I'm excited to learn from, you know, you, what you have done and what you're going to learn, because uh, that's what's really inspiring to me. So, folks, uh, I'll say this 
for many of our problems, it's, it's often not complicated, but it's probably complex. So let's learn together. Thanks for listening. I'm going to see you on the next episode. 